Welcome back, everybody, to the Vince August podcast. Thanks to everyone who listened the first time around and left comments. Uh, I truly appreciate everything you guys said, and it gives me motivation to continue doing these podcasts and pushing forward. And uh, let's get right into it. October 8th, 2014, Episode 2. Let me jump right into this week's news that at least took the tri-state area, and I'm going to assume most of the nation, uh, by storm with regards to Bravo's Real Housewives of New Jersey and the verdict in the case. Or, and I, I actually, it wasn't a verdict. It was a sentencing. A sentencing of Teresa Judice and Joe Judice. And ultimately what happened there is the judge had the leeway to give Teresa Judice 21 months in federal prison and, of course, give Joe Judice anywhere between three and four years in federal prison. The judge gave them both jail sentences, actually gave Teresa 15 months, which is lower than really she needed to go on a jail sentence, gave Joe somewhere in a ballpark of three and a half years. And what the judge did in her benevolence is actually two things. One, she did not take Teresa Judice off in cuffs right then and there. She is giving her family the holidays to spend with her. She's going to report to jail January 5th, finish out her sentence, and then Joe Judice starts his sentence, and basically they tag each other as they pass each other in the hallway from jail to home and home to jail. Um, that being said, I'm not going to get into whether the sentence was fair or not. It was a negotiated plea, and it is what it is. Um, that's not what I'm concerned with. What I'm concerned with is... A couple of things. One, the reaction that I saw on the message boards from most of the people out there that immediately thought it was wrong for Teresa Judice to do time as a mother of four girls and you don't take a mom away from your kids and, you know, this is wrong. First of all, let's put this out there. Just because you're a mother, that doesn't exempt you from being punished by the penal system. And for the people leaving those messages on the message board, you are severely out of touch with our penal system in the United States. The amount of women going to jail in the last 10 years has jumped by leaps and bounds. There's a lot more women going to jail for violent crimes, nonviolent crimes. I mean, those numbers are, are pretty staggering considering what they used to be. Um, and the fact that someone is a mother, you know, just because you gave birth, it doesn't give you some exemption with regards to crime and punishment. You know, and saying, well, you know, the, the husband is really the one who orchestrated that. This takes me back to episode one. People assume facts. People assume things they don't know. And everyone immediately assumes because Joe Judice was ready to fall on the sword. You know what? My, my wife was an innocent spouse, didn't know what was going on. Let's assume that that was true. Let's assume she was an innocent spouse and she's married to someone who was orchestrating all of this. She profited from a crime. She profited from his crime. So what we do is we say, well, she's a mom. Yeah, she profited but is from his crime. But you know what? She, he, she gets a pass. So then if she didn't have kids, now all of a sudden that you don't feel bad for her? So somehow, some way, a lot of people on message boards, and it was really shocking and disturbing, 
how a lot of people, just because you're a mom, it's almost like you get some leeway. Now, part of that leeway had to do with something else. This notion that, you know what, it's not like she committed murder. You know, she defrauded a bank and she defrauded the government and she owes money. You know what, just pay back the money and you're fine. No, again, that's not what the penal system is about. And when I sat as a municipal court judge for those six years, there's aggravating and mitigating circumstances. And if you are a criminal and you weigh out the potential for what you may face, if robbing a bank and committing tax fraud against the government ultimately only responds, only meets the response of, well, you know what? You don't go to jail, pay the money back. Well, hell, who wouldn't take that chance? Then at that point, you know what? I'll, I'll start robbing banks, and all I got to do is pay the money back? <laughs> hell, where do I sign up for that? Same with, thing with the government. So you mean to tell me if I don't pay my taxes or if I file fraudulent returns, the most you're going to do to me is fine me and make, you pay, make me, me pay the money back because I'm a mom? I'll sign up for that chance now. There's no incentive for me to not commit the crime at that point. Because all I'm doing is paying a fine? Fine, I'll deal with that. You, you can't automatically say, well, you know what, that shouldn't be met with jail time. You know, that, that's not something that's somehow offensive to me. Well, you know what, I have to tell you, as a taxpayer, and as someone who pays his mortgage on time, and someone who went through an unbelievable process to get a mortgage, and show income as someone self-employed, not only in, in my law practice, but an independent contractor as a performer, as an entertainer, whether it be on stage or whether on screen as an actor, you know what? It's really hard to qualify for a loan nowadays. I did it the right way. So because they're allowed to, to fraudulently do it, ah, you know what? Who's the crime against? You know what? The crime's against me. How about that? It's against me as a taxpayer. And it's against everybody out there as a taxpayer. No one has the right to decide, you know what? Ah, I'm not going to do this one, and, and as long as it's just a fine, that, that, you know what, let them go. What's the big deal? No, you know what, you don't have a right as a person to say that. Our legal system has a right to define what the crimes are, what the penalties are, and they did. And in that circumstance, it's jail time. And you know what, they're supposed to get jail for that. That's what the federal government outlined, because otherwise everybody would take a chance, not pay the taxes, and say, hey, Come on after me. And now the government is spending in the millions of dollars to prosecute people. And whose money are they using to do that? The people who are actually paying taxes. So this notion that this is not a violent crime, it's a crime against the government, oh, big deal. No, that's very misplaced. And people are being very naive about that. And they need to wake up. And I'm really, again, disappointed with the reaction. The second thing I I took from all of what I saw with this is going back to television and what television is. It's a business, period, end of story. And the business that is television is selling advertising at any cost. It's putting stuff out there that brings them money back. And if that thing that they're putting out there They don't care what it is, how it affects family, kids, whatever. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, you know what? We have in this country, especially the United States, nudity is so taboo in this culture. And anytime you show, you know, a a hint of boob or, or ass or anything 
on television, it's, oh, my God, did you see that? I mean, the Janet Jackson, you know, boob costume malfunction from the Super Bowl, people were writing letters, how traumatized they were, this and that. So that gets an automatic reaction. Violence, oh, my God, the violence on these TV shows is met with, with such ire. Yet, Bravo has no problem with putting two admitted and convicted and sentenced criminals on their program, paying them to appear, paying a criminal to appear on their program, okay? No problem with that. So showing nudity is really offensive to a lot of sponsors. However, putting a a convicted felon on a TV show is not offensive. Okay, so what's the real danger to children here? What are we really worried about on TV that it's all about, you know, oh, my God, my child is traumatized. So what we're saying is, look, committing a crime, going to jail can still be profitable for you. You don't have to worry about it because, look, ultimately a TV show or TV station will continue to pay you money to appear so long as they can make money on it and and Andy Cohen is as guilty as an executive producer of this as Bravo because they couldn't wait to interview him. They were interviewed the next night. They're doing it as a two-part series. They're running it on a loop, and they're going to go ahead and pay Joe and Teresa to appear. Don't think for a second they're not getting paid to appear. They denied the amount was 325000 but they didn't deny they were getting paid. So I'm making an assumption they're getting paid. I'm pretty sure you could bet they're getting paid. Now, the other thing becomes this that I saw a lot of people posting on the message boards, which is, you know what? She's going to go to jail. They're going to do New Jersey's the new black, Italian's the new black, as a play going off of the orange's new black, and, you know, the real housewives of, of federal prison. That, that's possible. However, there's something a lot of people are missing that I brought up uh, in conversation with someone in talking about this. And I said, you know, the son of Sam Law may come into effect here. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Son of Sam law is, the Son of Sam was a uh, a murderer in the late 70s in New York City who was committing these horrific murders, and, and normally it was people that were you know either parked in a car making out or whatever, and he was stalking people and, and murdering people, and he wound up getting caught. His name is David Berkowitz. He went to jail. And David Berkowitz wrote a book and could have potentially profited from this book talking about his murders and and how he went about committing the murders. And there was a lawsuit brought against him. And what ultimately the court determined is you cannot commit murders, then write a book about it and profit from it. All of the proceeds and all of the, the profits from the book sales went to the victim's families. And in fact, I'm pretty sure if not positive, the same thing happened with Henry Hill with Goodfellas. Henry Hill, who wrote the book that eventually became the blockbuster movie Goodfellas with Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, he could not profit from that as well. Now, in this situation, and the Son of Sam law, as I understand, applies to individual victims. In this situation with the Judices, the victims are Wells Fargo Bank, which is owed somewhere in the ballpark of $415,000, and the federal government because of the tax fraud. 
Can the federal government and the bank claim that they are victims under the Son of Sam law? My answer is, well, why not? A victim is a victim. Whether the victim is a business entity or an individual, why should the criminal defendant, why should the criminal convict at that point be able to somehow gain financially from this experience? Well, the son of Sam law says you can't gain from it. And that money should go to the victims. Well, why shouldn't the proceeds of these books go to pay Washington Mutual? Why shouldn't it go to pay the government their $200,000 that they're owed? And not only that, why shouldn't it go to pay back the money that it costs taxpayers to prosecute that case? Look, those lawyers for the government were paid. You know what? They keep hourly fees. Why don't we look at how many hours, main hours were spent, what it cost all of us as a taxpayer, and you know what? Reimburse the taxpayers. I think the Son of Sam was absolutely applying this situation. Now, staying with the theme of television, because this is where I really want to go with this, you know, it's really funny how networks and production companies pick and choose their spots with regards to what they find offensive and we have to remove from television and where they all of a sudden give leeway to. And we saw that the sponsors pulling out on the NFL with Adrian Peterson. And I talked about that in the last podcast. We also had a situation with the TV show Duck Dynasty. If you remember, Phil Robertson gave an interview, I believe it was to Playboy magazine, and he made comments with regards to... um, gays and homosexuals and you know if you, if you start there and start cleaning up society there you know everything will, will kind of fall into place and he gave a list of of categories and areas that if you start cleaning up you know things wouldn't be so bad and there was an immediate backlash and a and e you know right away stepped in and wanted to clear their name make sure that people didn't start calling the 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 network and sending emails and letters and start withdrawing and and everything else and immediately put a freeze on the show. Well, sure enough, if you watch A&E now, the show came back. And the backlash for that obviously wasn't enough. There were enough people interested in still watching the show. There are enough advertisers interested in still backing the show. And I've never watched the show, so I can't tell you who the sponsors of the show are. I'm pretty sure it's people or companies, I should say, that are consistent with duck hunters and, you know, the region, wherever that family is from, that, you know what, maybe the beliefs espoused by Phil Robertson fall in line with the viewership and once again, A&E looked at this on their balance sheet and said, you know what? Yeah, he said some pretty horrific things, but damn, this show makes us a lot of money. You know what? Screw it. Duck Dynasty back on. Let's fill up that time slot, run it on a loop, and show it. And again, here is the hypocrisy in our media. Here's the hypocrisy in television. They talk about how you know they won't nudity... They won't show nudity. They, they won't show certain violence. 
Oh my God, ABC run by Disney. You know, we're, we're not going to show certain violence. And even with the TV show I did, what would you do? My God, the episodes and the, the way the legal department would come down on some of the ideas that we had. And no, you can't do that. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, it's too scary. And, you know, we're Disney. We have to be careful. You have that on the one hand, but yet you have this other hypocrisy that, you know what? Paying admitted felons to appear for an interview, give them the money. You know what? We're going to get that money back tenfold. You know what? Having somebody with these views that's offensive to gays and homosexuals and, you know what? There's a lot of backlash there, but how does it affect our bottom line? Well, I don't think that many gays are really watching Duck Dynasty, so we're not going to lose that much of an audience. We're not going to lose the sponsors. You know what? Screw it. Put it on the air. Let's deal with it. Ultimately, the lesson is this. It's all about the bottom line, people. It's about the money on the table. Networks really don't care about your children at home. They don't care about the trauma to your children. They don't care about whether or not, you know, the the, the nudity is going to affect you. And listen, I, that's why I love cable. Because you turn on cable after a certain hour. South Park, they're cursing like crazy on Comedy Central. I think, in fact, the, the stand-up specials they show from 11 o'clock at night on on Comedy Central, I, from what I understand, again, I, I don't watch because I don't like to watch comedy as a comedian. I don't like to be swayed by what's going on. But from what I understand, they don't bleep out cursing. It's all in there. There's no editing. Good for them. Good for them because this notion that, oh, we have to protect our children from swearing. Listen, you can't, you can't put them in a bubble. They're going to hear it out in public. You know what? It's your job as a parent to police your house and your television. Now, it used to be when I grew up as a kid, there was one TV in the house, so it was easy to, to police. Now, with kids having phones, parents can't police their own kids because it's on YouTube. It's on everything through the Internet. So what parents now want is the network's and the television stations and, and, you know, the media to do their job for them. And shame on parents because, you know what? No. No, we, we shouldn't have to curb our television watching. I, as an adult, should not have to be subject to networks being afraid of what they put on the air because you don't know how to police your own house. Okay, so, again, everybody wants safeguards. You know what? Help me raise my children. Help me police my children. I can't watch them 24 hours a day to see what they're watching and not watching. So, you know what? Here, we have to take Bugs Bunny off the air because, you know what? The violence in Bugs Bunny, when Elmer Fudd is shooting a duck in the face and his bill is flapping around his head, you know what? Kids are going to watch that and think it's okay to shoot someone in the face. Well, Bugs Bunny hasn't been on in years because of some wingnut in Indiana. Dude, this is actually true. Some wingnut in Indiana filed a lawsuit to take Bugs Bunny off the air because of the violence in Bugs Bunny and how it affected children. No. You know what? I watched Bugs Bunny as a kid, and I don't remember anywhere near the news of school shootings when I was a kid. Bugs Bunny hasn't been on the air, and there's a school shooting every semester. There's at least one going on somewhere in the country. So you know what? Again, this is parents wanting the media to police their homes and, and certain media cowers and does it and other media does not. And why do they do it? One reason and one reason only. Money. This all comes down to money and advertising. There is no benevolence out there. Don't think that any one network is not showing certain things 
or censoring certain things because they're concerned for the public. It's not about that. It's about money. You saw Bravo went for the money this week by putting on the Judas, Judices and, and doing their interview. You saw A&E say, screw it, Duck Dynasty, Phil Robertson, you're good. So, you know, that's really what you have to look at. And in life, you know, there's always a, a lesson that I try to give here, and, and we see it in police work and as a, as a judge and a lawyer. You want to find the source of a crime Follow the money trail. Wherever you find the money, that's where you start. And it's the same in our media. It's the same with television. You know what? Find the money trail, and there you'll get your answer into why certain things are on TV and not on TV. Bottom line. Next topic I want to jump on is religion and politics. Now that we're coming up, we have a couple weeks before we get into another election. And right now, with everything going on with ISIS and Islam, there's a lot of opinions being thrown around about religion. And it's amazing how people come down on organized religion as being bad, evil, and, you know, they they try to corrupt your mind. It's, you know, they're all cults. They all try to brainwash you into believing things and You know, all organized religion is evil. I'm going to tell you something right now. Our our political system in this country, divided in half the way it is, Democrats and Republicans, I'm going to make the comparison right now that those, in fact, are no different than any religion out there. Politics and religion are one in the same. Because anybody that can honestly look at the Democratic Party or anyone that can look at the Republican Party and sign up to be a member of that party because you believe everything that that party stands for, you're committed to that party, you will vote for anybody. You will go, you go into an election booth, you go right down the line, bip, 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 and you just hit that one row whether it's Republican or Democrat, because you believe everything they say, that to me is as radical as Islam or any religion out there. You want to call certain Christians nuts? You want to call Orthodox people nuts for believing what they believe in? You know what? You are no different, registered Democrat, registered Republican, that waves his banner as if your side is right And the other side is wrong. Because you know what? Let's look at it. Let's look at this for a second. What is organized religion? Well, you belong to a group of people that you all share this belief that there is this greater being who, if you do what this greater being ultimately wants and says, you will be led to a better place. Okay. And what do you do as part of this? Well, you go to meetings. You go to these Sunday meetings or, you know, depending on the faith, Saturday meetings where you all congregate together. You donate money to further push these beliefs. Well, okay. Well, let's look at political parties. What do you do? You go to these meetings, call them rallies, to do what? To donate money, to push the agenda of that group, ultimately because one of their leaders is going to get your community to a better place. Wow. Sounds familiar, man. Sounds like there's a lot of overlap there. 
Sounds like there's a lot of overlap. And no matter what you read in that book, no matter what is in that pamphlet, you believe it. To me, being tied to a political party to a fault, to a fault, and what I mean to a fault is you push every bit of their agenda, no matter what they say, you believe and support everything that they stand for, that is a dangerous and scary thing. I'll tell you right now because you know what? Listen, the Nazi party was a political party. And to me, although the agenda is vastly different, and I'm not comparing Democrats and Republicans to Nazis, so don't start sending me emails because that's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is when you start getting brainwashed to honestly believe that the political agenda of one party is benevolent and the other one is evil and wrong across the board, you have a serious problem. You are joining a cult. That is a cult no different than any religion out there. I have never associated myself with one party or the other. I won't because I don't believe the agenda is about Republican and Democrat. I believe the agenda is about America. It's about the public at large. And I have seen both of their agendas and I go back and forth on them. I'll tell you right now. I could never align myself to one or the other because I think they both say really good things. I think they both say really fucking stupid things at the same time, which is why I can't align myself to one or the other. I pick and choose. I don't go into to voting booths and go straight down a line. I try to get to know what each party stands, what each party's candidates stand for and go in there. And you know what? To be quite honest, I am convinced, convinced if you took the name Republican and Democrat off the top of a voting booth, underneath the names of the people running and jumbled them up. If you put Obama and Biden on two separate lines, president, vice president, didn't put them together. I guarantee you some people wouldn't even know if Obama was a Democrat or a Republican. I guarantee you our public, there's a percentage of our public that is that stupid that they don't know, that ignorant, that uninformed, that they don't know what they are. All they know is they're told to go in there like sheep, vote Democrat, vote Republican. It's absolutely insane the way people align themselves. In fact, I think in many ways, politics is worse than religion. Okay, because look, you want to talk about the destruction of others? Yeah, sure. Islam right now, they're the, they're the ones in the barrel. Listen, the Christians did it. They went on their crusades. Okay, they were doing their inquisition, Spanish inquisition and everything else. They were doing their conversions back in the day. You know what? The Christians were wielding a pretty heavy axe back in the day. You know what? They're no longer the the party of war. Okay, now it's you know, a, a lot of it is pointed to Islam and the Muslim nation. And you know what? Rightfully so. But at the same time, let's not get crazy. Okay, do you know how many millions if not billions billions of people are muslim and islamic they're not all evil they're not the thing is because of their numbers if three percent of them represent this terror that's being reigned around the world if you're talking a billion people well you're talking three million people that's a lot of people to fight and three million people worldwide can do a lot of damage but it's not a billion people so you know what 
let's look at that. Now, with regards to bringing destruction and death, hey, you know what? I know a government that voted for a war, okay, based on misinformation, weapons of mass destruction. Republicans and Democrats, the same voted for it. We attacked a sovereign nation back in 2001, 2002, because someone stuck a BNR bonnet when they when 9-11 happened and we wanted blood and they voted to go to war. Well, what the hell is the difference? What the hell is it? Well, it's a reaction to what happened. No, we attacked the sovereign nation. Period. End. We didn't wait to see, you know what, where is he hiding? He was in Pakistan. He was in Afghanistan. Pakistan and Afghanistan, look at a globe, people. Look at a map. It's hell and gone from Iraq. Iraq was unfinished business. So you know what, just like religions drag you into wars, the Crusades, or what's going on now, so does our political government. Okay, so again, politics just as bad. Both have the ability to wage wars or jihad. Both are billion-dollar entities. Okay, don't let's not convince. Don't convince yourself that these aren't about businesses. Listen, a, a politician's job is one thing: get reelected, raise money, get reelected. So what does that mean? That means go out and and give speeches to raise money. So ultimately, they can get back to where they are. Same thing with sermons. Same thing with come to church, donate us money. And what is this all done under the umbrella of we're going to help the poor? We're going to help the poor. Look at the Democrats and Republicans. Ultimately, we're going to help the poor. We tax you to help you. Same thing with religion. You're donating money to us so we can help the poor. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Churches do a lot of great things for a lot of groups out there. And and I'm going to finish off with a story at the end of this podcast about how I've seen that in action. Okay, our government, when it comes to helping the poor people in this nation, you know what? I would love to do a study on who does more for poor people and people in need, our government or private businesses that donate I would love to see those numbers. And then I would love to throw in churches and religious organizations and see how many people they help. And I would love to know what the statistics are. And I would bet, I don't have the numbers, but I would bet when you compare government, private entities, and the church and helping people nationwide, worldwide, I would bet the government is at the bottom of that list. I would bet that they provide the least amount of help. In fact, when you look at tsunamis and all of the things that affect the world and, and, and earthquakes, it seems that people in general tend to donate a lot more than our government. So really here, is religion that different from our political structure? It's all about give us money, we'll support you, we're going to help you, we're going to make this better. You know, give us money and, and, and be a part of us and ultimately you'll have a better afterlife. Oh yeah, that's religion. Give us money. To, you know, to make sure that you give us money so we can make this community a better place. Shit, that sounds really similar to me. 
Really similar. And again, the cult mentality. We're right, they're wrong. Listen, I, again, I can't sit here. If, if there was a Republican and Democrat sitting in front of me telling me the things that they support, the Democrats are the, the first ones to go after free speech. The Democrats and the liberal mentality, and I don't know why they're always called liberal because they're not, because their approach towards free speech is extremely conservative, extremely conservative, warning labels on records, albums, you know, music on iTunes, all kinds of parental advisories, um, you know, rating system on movies and making sure to protect the children and television and the censorship and you can't show this and it has to be shown late at night and 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 coming into your home and regulating things you know that that's all democrats then you have the republicans with this hang up on gay marriage which i'm going to get into next about with the supreme court and and all of that then the gun control listen i'm a gun owner okay do i believe in owning a gun for home protection absolutely do i need an assault rifle hell no hell no so you know what? I go both ways on things. With abortion, hell, who am I to tell a woman what her right is? I'm sorry. I don't have that. I don't have that ability to be that arrogant to tell a woman what she should do with her body. So I'm all for the democratic approach on that. I split on a lot of issues, people, because you know what? I keep an open mind. And to align myself with one side and always assume the other side is wrong, and I see it all the time on social media, Facebook, Twitter, how the Republicans are saying this. The Democrats, listen, they're all full of shit. You can't serve two masters. And the two masters they're serving are the people that are the lobbyists, the people donating the money to them that ultimately help them get their position, and then the actual public at large. And I can tell you right now, lobbyists and corporations backing any candidate, Democrat, Republican, I don't care who the candidate is, their motives, their interests are not always in line with the public at large. Don't kid yourself. And a lot of people say to me, well, then you believe in a third party and throwing in an independent party. I don't because ultimately what you have is you go from a two-headed monster to a three-headed monster because ultimately an independent party would have to eventually succumb to the same pressures because, again, you need money. You need money to run a campaign. So the system in, in and of itself is, is corrupt. It's inherent with corruption. You can't get away from it. But to honestly come down on religion that it's any different than our political structure is foolish and naive. It's all the same. Following with that, I'm, I'm going to kind of go to the Supreme Court, you know, and, and again, starting off a court, coming back around a court, the, the Supreme Court uh, made a ruling that that basically eliminated 11 states, states bringing an appeal with regards to gay marriage um, to the Supreme Court for a ruling essentially making gay marriage legal. You know, for all of the people that want to weigh in on this thing, and, and I've heard the arguments, you know, there's the the, the big argument from the religious side is there's natural, excuse me, natural law. Natural law is that relationships are between men and women because ultimately same-sex couples cannot procreate. Therefore, nature dictates that marriage and a bond between two people that create a family should between should be between a man and a woman so that they can have children and offspring, and it's unnatural. Natural law obviously doesn't allow that to exist between two men or two women. Okay. Then there's the written law argument, 
which is basically this is equal rights and everyone should be allowed to have the right to be married because ultimately it's about a civil union. Here's where I come in on this thing. First of all, I don't like dictating to any religion. And by the way, I'll put it right out there right now. I was raised Roman Catholic. I have since been disenchanted with the Roman Catholic Church. I have moved away from it. I am not a churchgoer. I am extremely spiritual. I believe in Christian Judeo values. I love the stories in the Bible. I am not saying Jesus Christ is the Son of God. What I'm telling you is his teachings, his prophecies, whatever you want to call it, his it, whatever it is, his life experience, let's call it that, that I've read about, show me that this is a pretty incredible figure in our history. And maybe he is who he says he is, but there's nothing in his teachings that are offensive to me. Nothing. Same thing, I take a lot from the Jewish faith. I tend to lean more Buddhist. I love the Buddhist principles. Um, I believe that there is something good in every religion, Muslim religion, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist. I don't care what it is. I think that there's something good in each one. I don't I don't follow atheism to, to have this notion that there is no greater power. To me, I, I, I tend to move away from that. That's not where I go. If you believe that, that's great. I don't have a problem with it. You know me. I say believe what you want. Um, but to take this hardline stance that you know, Bill Maher takes that if you believe in this magic man in the sky that somehow you're a moron. Well, you know what, Bill? That's not necessarily what I believe, you know, a, a deity to be. So don't tell me what my belief system is. Okay, and most people, most of the world believes in some type of deity existence. So the majority tends to follow that route. So, you know, don't turn around and tell 4 billion people, you know, you're, you're stupid. I think that's naive. So in, in terms of religion, I, I think there's something good in all religion. I think the problem with religion is organized religion. Again, when man gets their hands on it. And that's what we have here with marriage. What we have here with marriage is men getting their hands on something and saying, here's how we're going to define it. It's between a man and a woman because they can procreate. Okay. Well, if that's a religion, uh, that's a religious principle and your religion has that principle, I am completely against trying to force any religion, the government trying to force any religion to say, you have to marry men and men, women and women. No, the government does not have that right. That's what freedom of religion is. That's exactly what this country stands for. Freedom of religion. You cannot force a religion to do anything. And you know what? If you don't like that, what that religion stands for, leave. You don't have to be part of that organized religion. It's a business. We just talked about how it's a business. With the same respect, the government, you're talking about a civil union here. You're talking about a written law. The government can make whatever the hell law they want. And if those laws push and espouse an equal rights, and in this situation it is about equal rights, then you know what? Our government shouldn't be hearing court cases on this shit. It should just be a law. Pass the law. This is ridiculous. And I'll take it one step further with the natural law people. You know what? It's between a man and a woman if they, so they can procreate. Well, hold on a second. What if I don't want to have kids? What if I happen to marry somebody who doesn't want to have kids? So I meet a woman. We don't want to have kids. At that point, what is the difference between me and that woman and a same-sex couple? 
They can't have kids. I don't want to have kids. So is my marriage somehow not natural? What if physically I meet someone, fall in love with a woman that can't have children? Or a woman meets me, falls in love with me, and I'm unable to have children. Is that somehow an unnatural marriage? Because then your argument fails. Then this whole natural law law argument fails. Listen, the bottom line is this. If two people love each other and they want to spend their life in a bond together as a religion, as a religion, religious organization, you don't have to marry those people. But you know what? As a government, we could do whatever the fuck we want and we should make it a law. And religions, if you don't like it, too bad for you. Much like we don't have to put your policies into play, you don't have to abide by our government policies. Fine. You don't marry people in your building with the same sex. We'll go do it on the steps of City Hall. And you know what? People out there with regards to to gay marriage, don't try to force churches to do it. Leave the church. Why do you want to be part of an organization that doesn't recognize those rights? Leave. I did. There's a lot of things in the Catholic Church that bother me. So you know what? I stopped going. Plain and simple. That doesn't mean I have to stop believing in Christ. It doesn't mean I have to stop believing in the Jewish principle. It doesn't mean I have to stop believing in in the Muslim principle or the Islamic teachings. No. I could do that on my own. Because ultimately, that's what religion is. It's your relationship to God. You as an individual. Not as a community. Communities create danger because that's when man starts to put in their own rules, their own policies, and change the meaning. And that is the danger in religion, and it's also the danger in politics, which is why they're both the same shit. Come on, everybody, wake up, man. See this. See what this is. This notion of believe everything I tell you. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. That's no, to me, Democrat, Republican is no different than the religions battling each other out there. And you know what? If you're an atheist and you belong to some type of atheist club or some pagan club, you're all the same crap too. Okay, don't stand on some soapbox and try to tell me how you're different. The bottom line is this. When man comes in and takes a principle such as a democratic principle, when you look up principles in democracy and you study the history and I listen, I passed the praxis exam. I'm actually certified to be a history teacher, so I'm not talking out of my ass. If you study all the principles that go back to Marxism, Das Kapital and capitalism, and all the other roots of what democracy is, okay, what really the, the, the process is with the Republican Party and what they stand for, it was man that corrupted it and had to become corrupted through lobbyists, through the donors. And you know what? The Catholic Church, all churches are no different. Okay, because ultimately, can you belong to a church? Sure. What's one of the requirements? Yeah, show up for the Sunday meetings. But more importantly, here, we're going to mail you envelopes every month. Donate. And it's the same with the Jewish faith. It's the same with all of their faiths. And politics is no different. You want to be a member of the Democratic Party? Here, sign here. Here, here's your Democratic card. Watch how much shit you get in the mail to donate to them. Gee, I wonder what it's really about. Follow the money, people. Follow the money. As always, I like to wrap up with quick hits. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about is on Tuesday of this week, uh, 
was it? No, Monday. I'm sorry. On Monday this week, uh, October 6, 2014, I, I was invited by a, a friend of mine, Stephen Kopp, who works for the Bergen County uh, Health and Human Resources Homeless Shelter in Hackensack, New Jersey, which was celebrating its 50-year anniversary. And we went down there and we, we saw all the people behind this unbelievable facility. And start, some of the statistics that we started to hear about the amount of people that show up to get in line to actually help feed the homeless, the donors, private entities, a lot of reg- churches, a lot of churches donating money, time, efforts to not only feeding these people, not only clothing these people, but getting these people placed in housing was absolutely unbelievable. I sat there and thought to myself, this is the best of humanity. Three people that spoke there were actually people that were residents of the homeless shelter. And they talked about how one day they wound up on the street, homeless. And they came to this facility and spent six months there, nine months there, were fed, clothed, given medication, and put back into society by going on job interviews, getting placement in employment, and eventually finding housing and living with dignity. And I heard these stories, and I was there with with my fiance Eileen, and the both of us got completely choked up to the point of tears. And we saw the worst in society, how someone can fall so hard on their luck that they're just absolutely homeless on, on the bottom, the absolute bottom. And then the best of society, the people that donate their time to help these people to live with dignity and, and reassimilate them with society. Oh, my God. You know what? It, it makes me want to say, everybody, go to a homeless shelter because when you think your eyes are open, and I like to consider myself as a person with open eyes, my God, you know what? When someone opens them just a little bit wider, it puts life in perspective. Do yourself a favor. Go to a homeless shelter, if not to volunteer, just to see what goes on. Make yourself aware of what's going on around you with people that don't have opportunity and those that do and how they help one another. Holy Jesus, was it eye-opening and incredible. And it, everyone should do something like that. That's I, I had to absolutely make sure I gave a plug to that homeless shelter and, and make sure I try to raise some type of awareness amongst you. The other thing, and I want to end on a, on a completely different note, when did blinkers become optional? People, if you pull up to a traffic light and there's two lanes, there's a left lane and a right lane, and you're in the left lane, and you know you're making a left turn, put on your blinker. It's not optional, okay? You create traffic jams by not putting on your blinker. Everyone is behind you because they want to go through that traffic light. And you know what? Some people just want to get home. Put on your blinker. It's not an option because when that light turns from red to green and all of a sudden you remember you're making a left turn, the amount of cursing and swearing and road rage that's going on behind you because you didn't have the decency to say, you know what, let me tell everyone else what the hell I'm doing in my car. And you know what, they, I did pay for a car, and there's a reason why. You know what, cars were made without seat belts at one time. Blinkers were there. There was no CD players, no iPod players, no type of 8-track players. But you know what, a blinker was always there. In fact, I can almost bet that for as long as 
that Henry Ford made fucking cars that there was blinkers on them. So do yourself a favor. Use the damn blinker. There's a reason why it's there. Uh, guys, again, if you're listening out there, thank you for listening. Um, I love doing these podcasts. I'm having a lot of fun. Please spread the word. Let everyone know the Vince August podcast. This is episode two, October 8th, 2014. Everybody keep listening. Spread the word. Thank you for joining me.